This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name's Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. I guess we'll basically see how we get on. Liam, what happened, man? Did you just uh, the wrong train or didn't stop at your stuff? Like, what happened? Nope, I'm absolutely fuming, to be honest with you. Uh, what happened? I was trying to get from Carlisle to Maryport, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and the train gets delayed for 20 minutes, which is... it's annoying but it's you get them don't you and then i get on the train and they say to make up for the time delay we're not going to stop at any of the stops until working (laughs) to make up for the time delay and they said if you've got your ticket go on one of those stops you can either just get off at working or you can wait another hour for another train (laughs) 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 so i just i I got on the train to work and managed to get a lift back through to maryport with someone it's just i northern trains if you're listening to this i i assume you are uh, (laughs) sort your act out because that was that was dreadful Honestly, it, literally, when they said that, half the, <laughs> half the train, more than half the train, it was re- pretty much empty on the way over. Yeah. Stood up. And the thing is, you, they clearly didn't tell any of the people that were like waiting at the other stops as well, because there, there was all, lo- there was every stop, there was loads of people. Yeah. Just went straight <laughs> past them and were trying to get on the train. That's Sean. Oh, man. That's dreadful, man. You're here. You're here. You're here now. We're all here yeah. now. Are we allowed to say the train company's a dreadful? <laughs> we, can, we can say that. Yeah. yeah we can, can we have a little that. rant? The, the workers of the trains. The workers <laughs> of the train company said the train company's a dreadful. So yeah. I'm sure we're allowed to do it. <laughs> I know, but we could end up down a rabbit hole if we carry on down that one. <laughs> but before we do, before we do, I mean, thank Christ. Liam will get bad. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, you've made it here. You've made it here. That's 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 the essential thing. You can maybe claim a ticket back or like a third of your price. All that kind of stuff seems to be the trend these days. Like, oh, I'll claim a third back for being fifteen minutes late. But no, you've made it here. We'll get things started. Okay, I'll kick things off. I'll kick things off. All right, Maras, how's it gone? And welcome back to episode 92. And I am absolutely buzzing to be joined. I mean, finally, by the two men (laughs) (laughs) that I like to call the Cumbrian Brain Trust. I'm talking about Wills and Liam. I mean, we sounded hey. good. <laughs> we're all right. We're all right. We're all right. And uh, before we get things kicked off, we've got we're going to have a new segment right at the start of the of the show. But before we crack on with the new segment, it's time for a little bit of tradition here on the Blue Army podcast. And at this time of the show, that can only mean one thing and one thing only. It's time for the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the <laughs> Blue <laughs> Army <laughs> podcast joke of the week. Get in. Right, here we go. <laughs> what happens when sheep... Try and eat you. Oh, no. What does I happen when sheep try and eat you? Nothing much. You just get a little graze. 
<laughs> Liam has taken back. his headphones Come off and walked away from the camera. <laughs> no, it was worth the journey, Liam. It was worth the journey. <laughs> Come back, I promise. I promise. It'll get things. It'll get better now. It'll get better because it's time. It's time for a little segment that. Um, I mean, I've done a little. I've done a little jingle for. Um, I've made a little jingle up for you, lads. Uh, it's a little segment. We're going to kick the show off with this week. It's. Uh, I mean, I'll do the jingle first. <laughs> What's happening over there? What's happening over here? It's the League Two Roundup with Wills and Liam. <laughs> right, lads, so you two have uh, yep. done a little bit of research about what's been happening around League Two. So we're going to take a little bit of a look at sort of like wider League Two news. So, uh, I mean, Wills, do you want to kick things off? Have you two sort of like, yeah, oh, it was to kick yeah. things off? Go ahead. Yeah, man. we've kind of divided the stories between us. Um, All right, most... cool. Most of the interesting developments I've seen this past couple of weeks have been off the pitch and down near the bottom end of the table. And of the three I've picked to tell you about, two of them involve Crawley, so strap in. Okay, Crawley town. <laughs> <laughs> we like Crawley news, we like Crawley news. So first, um, so some teams that looked in real trouble before seem to be in the process of making big changes. And there's quite a lot of money being thrown about down there to try and change things up. Um, first up, Colchester. Uh, things look to be going well for them. Four wins out of five, and they're now seven points cleared of relegation. They looked into being a real spot of bother before, and they're a team that have been on a bit of a downward spiral for several years now. But there seems to be a little more optimism all of a sudden, and this good form has been followed by an uncharacteristic spending spree. Oh, a bit of dollar in the bank, okay. Mm. Well, they've triggered a release clause to sign League One Exeter's captain, Matt Jay. And they've also brought in Kelleher from Bradford, Reed from Stevenage and left back Wood from Orient. So they've had this injection of cash and um, some of these players that they've signed that I've just lifted there haven't really featured for them yet. But they had a, you know, they put a, a few good results together and then they've just had this injection of cash. Not sure where from myself. Um, they've appointed a new sporting director too. Um, apparently their stadium was used as a location for the Bollywood film recently. So maybe that pays quite well. Maybe you get quite a lot of money if Bollywood come to town and they're, <laughs> they're spending all this money on players, I triggering mean... release clauses from League One. <laughs> it's done something. I mean, obviously they're using the money more wisely than we use the money for that uh, damn United film. They filmed that back a few years ago. Did you get any money for that? We probably... I mean... <laughs> this is probably, Bollywood. Probably spent it all on sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess like, you know, this is Bollywood as well. So maybe it isn't out of the realms of possibility that that's kind of like a lot of money that they pay. It's a huge film industry. So, like, obviously, Colchester going up to like 19 yeah. now. They're putting a little sort of run of form together. Should, yeah. should we be looking over our shoulder? Or, Their next uh... opponents are another relegation we threatened. Uh, well, Colchester's next opponents are another relegation threatened team who have triggered a release clause this week, and that's Gillingham. So, Gillingham, bottom of the table, um, only six goals to their name all season long before this weekend. And it, it was starting to look like they were going to get cut adrift. That's a ridiculously low number of goals. Six, mm. I think, maybe seven, I think, I can't remember. But, you know, they're on a run of defeats and looking looking like they might be getting cut adrift. So um, you've got a guy there at Gillingham, Paul Scally, who's run the club since the 90s. Um, he seemed to be a bit marmite among his own fans. Um, he's <laughs> definitely... He's, Definitely Gillingham through and through, but I think many of them felt that he was holding them back. He'd been in charge for a long time and had declined a lot. And just in December, he finally relinquished control of the club to a new American investor. Though I understand he still remains on the board. And they have also triggered a release clause to sign a midfielder from League One. That's Timothy Dieng also from Exeter. So Exeter must be wondering what's going on. Why are these <laughs> why are these clubs down the bottom of League Two suddenly coming in and nicking our players? They've signed two players off Mansfield, um, Ollie Hawkins and George Lapsley, both highly rated players. Um, Lapsley, Mansfield, I think they paid for him not that long ago. Um, and a double swoop also on Crawley, um, you know, relegation rivals, where they've signed Tom Nichols, striker, and a goalkeeper, Glenn Morris. And 
goal scoring really has been the problem for Gillingham and in other areas they've been up at least up to mid-table standard. Um, people who've seen them play say they actually do have a quite a decent defence. The defensive record isn't too bad. They're just this atrocious goal scoring record. So they've signed all these strikers and started them all against Hartlepool and Nichols, uh, the guy they got from Crawley, scored one and assisted one from them to win 2-0. And that's with the goalkeeper they got from Crawley in goal as well, keeping a clean sheet. So Crawley fans must have been really sickened to see that. <laughs> and I believe Liam has something to say about Crawley. That's it, man. Yeah, my section of this is on just the absolute state of Crawley Town Football Club. <laughs> and it's, you know what? The thing is with it as well. I want to sit here and I want to laugh at them because you think about that that video their club put out. Well, it wasn't the, the club itself. It was their, their ownership group. <laughs> it was an insulting video. You watch that video as a Carlisle fan and you just you, you know it's a bad sort of like roast video when you're looking at it and think yeah. you you cringe and you feel sorry for the Crawley fans. You're not offended by it whatsoever. You just think, oh, I'd hate to be a Crawley fan after watching this video. <laughs> it's just so, so cringy and so, so like embarrassing from Crawley fans, fans' point of view. I'll put to the be honest, it's been the, the video below thing <laughs> so people can see it if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's it's dreadful. Like, it, it, it's an awful, awful video. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's been downhill ever since then, really. They took that video down quite quickly afterwards, I think. Um, but then they just went on a mad, mad loss spree and everything seems to be falling apart now more than ever. They've lost club hero club legend that their goalkeeper I can't remember the name off the top of my head now it's just gone but Glenn Morris the guy who's Glenn Morris, to Glenn Morris. Gillingham yeah to Gillingham yeah that's the one um then obviously the uh, goal scorer the other day for Gillingham as well also came from Crawley to um from Crawley so they're losing their best players there's three senior players that haven't been in the uh the first 11 for a while and they're still contracted to the club and they, the ownership group have said that there's an issue with these three senior players, but they haven't named who they are, although fans can pretty much tell who they are um, because then they haven't been in the matchday squad. So there's an issue with them three players. There's an issue with the players that are obviously leaving. They haven't made... I don't think they've made a, sing, have they made a signing yet. I don't think they've made a single signing wow. coming in. I, I, or at least I haven't seen it if it has happened. But yeah, they're in such a bad run of form. They're in of serious relegation battle. They've lost three, drawn one of the last four games. I was going to do it off the last five. No, no they haven't signed anyone at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was postponed, loss, 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 draw. Uh, Crawley's last few fixtures. So they're really not doing well. And it seems to be getting worse. They did an absolute um, Michael Knighton at one point where they put a membership of the owners, uh, a member of the ownership group sort of on the touchline. Not as manager, but as like as a... Um, like an assistant coach sort of thing there, just sitting there, no coach experience whatsoever. I don't think he's English. He's got no experience in the English game or, or football whatsoever. And he's on the sidelines just there because he's putting money in the club and I don't understand it whatsoever. It makes no sense. He's been replaced now. And then there's the issue. Swindon Town haven't had a very good start to the season. They're up near the top of the table, but they're not where they want to be. I think the aim for Swindon Town was always to go straight back up. So the crack was they were on the verge of sacking the manager. Right? He wasn't in good um, stead with the fans or the board. Now, of yeah, the news it. of him um, about to be sacked, Crawley Town pop up and decide we're not going to wait for him to get sacked. We're going to pay a huge compensation fee to Swindon Town to take the manager off their hands. Uh, we're going to buy. We're, we're, lit, we're buying the Swindon manager that's going to be sacked in a few weeks. We'll pay what I can imagine is a large chunk of their January transfer money into buying this new manager and his assistant coach came with him as well. Yeah. And it's just such clueless decisions. And there's also the further story that you told me about yeah. before, Wills. The B team. Yeah, the B team yeah. sort of scenario, which I think was more something that happened in the summer that they're now starting to regret. Yeah. Because obviously with the money, where they signed all of these non-league players to generate a sort of B team, realised they can't have a B team in any of the leagues in the football pyramid. 
And have so just left with all these <laughs> extremely below average players that are nowhere near good enough to play in League Two, contracted to the club. So they're just stuck, <laughs> they're stuck with these players. On yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the difficult part of this, isn't it? Where yeah. it's such a funny situation looking from the outside, but you've also got to yeah. think the way these ownership these owners bought the club as easily as they did, it can easily happen to a club like Carlisle. Yeah, and it's farcical and it shouldn't happen. I think we touched on the fit and proper test on the last one for some reason. And because like I think the problem with it is it can't really catch these eccentric ones who haven't, you know, can only kind of really catch the ones who've got some kind of like shady dealings or like, you know, they've gotten in trouble in the past or something. Yeah, but I think the issue with this is they're a cryptocurrency business yeah. and that's not, it's never, ever going to be stable, that industry. I don't think it's never going to be in a position where you're stable for the long run. Yeah, I mean, their logo is literally just a zigzaggy line. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, like, so you you basically say on top of that, you know, the way that Gillingham are obviously trying to make waves and Hartlepool with a new manager and and Hallam Hope um, reuniting uh, with with uh, I mean, what's his name again over there? I always forget his bloody Keith name. Curl. That's it. Oh, yeah. Reuniting with Keith Curl over there, and uh, like you've mentioned about Colchester getting away from the gap. Are you? I, I would you put a bet on Crawley now to get sucked into that relegation zone? I think in a few weeks' time, Gillingham and Crawley will swap places. Wow. Yeah, I would. I think. I think Hartlepool are still definitely in now, trouble. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, Hartlepool aren't anywhere near out of trouble though. They got beat off Gillingham at the weekend. Yeah. So um, things <laughs> haven't been going well for them. They got a couple of wins, but then it's just been draw, um, a draw and two defeats. And Harrogate seem to be slipping down there as well. If we're going to kind of round up the relegation picture. And thing Rochdale. is with Gillingham though. Yeah. Is. I think I don't think they'll be come the end of the season. I don't think they'll be anywhere near the relegation zone. To be honest, no, I don't. They seem to, you know, they've spent a lot of money. Yeah, they've spent money. Proven players. Yeah, I mean, you tipped them quite highly at the start, didn't you, Liam? In the in the preseason predictions. Yeah, I, I might have predicted them to win the title, <laughs> <laughs> and they're currently bottom. I've yeah. never seen a prediction go as wrong as that. Yeah. No, in my life, but uh, just around. <laughs> I say just to round up Crawley's, mis- Crawley's misery, um, Swindon, who they've just poached a manager off, went into their first game with their new manager and won 5 0. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, fantastic job! Fantastic job! Thank you so much for uh, for looking after a segment for us here on the Blue Army podcast. We found out what was happening here, we found out what was happening there. It was the league. <laughs> To round up with the league two relegation roundup for some reason, but yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of interesting things down there, and you know it's almost more interesting than the promotion race until. Oh, it's definitely more interesting. <laughs> I mean, we promotion are race is very tight. Yeah, <laughs> it is a tight affair, and obviously tight we'll, affair. Go we'll go on. We'll go on. We'll go on to this talk last about... week, though. That's it. Exactly. We'll go on to talk about things more Carlisle United uh, related, but a little bit of a uh, former Carlisle United. Player-related news. Former Carlisle United striker Craig Curran has signed with non-league outfit and FA Cup famous Marine. Guess how old he is, boys? How old do you reckon Craig Curran is? Obviously, he's been out in the wilderness. He's been over to Ireland and whatnot. Uh, Go on, Wills. You have a guess first. How old Uh, do you think Craig Curran is? 34. Ooh, Liam, how old do you reckon Craig Curran is? 43. Right, listeners, how old do you reckon Craig Curran is? (laughs) <laughs> he's 33 he's 33 that's a world no, great okay. current it's 33 just to 10 so years off very cool. you say 43 <laughs> yeah <I did. laughs> wow yeah <laughs> just the 10 years away there just the 10 years away um, also Be like Craig Curran will be on the phone to you. <laughs> Craig, if you're listening, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm sure Craig's not listening. <laughs> Although he might be, we don't know. Uh, in other former Carlisle United uh, player news, former Carlisle United captain Nick Anderson is currently undergoing treatment for a rare form of bone cancer. His teammates have all agreed to go and shave their heads in solidarity. Manager Joey Barton has also donated over a thousand pounds to 
uh, an appeal to raise money for Nick Anderton and his family to help them through this difficult time. I'd like to use this occasion. Obviously, in the past, we have discussed Nick Anderton as a player and the comments on that. But obviously, going forward under these circumstances, you just want to give your best wishes and well wishes over to Nick Anderton and his family as a former Blue. All the best to him and uh, hopefully he'll be having a speedy recovery very soon. Um, lads, question for you. How exactly did the Blues defeat Wales and Scotland in a single afternoon, do you think? Oh, I've seen this. Oh. Have you seen this? I reckon, it's <laughs> no. all. I reckon it's a bit of fun. I like this story. I like this story. So, uh, obviously, we beat Newport on the weekend by two goals to nil. We're <laughs> going to do the match report in just a few minutes. But before we get there, there's a fun little news story here. Uh, Patrick Fissel fans who are on their way to Dundee. Patrick. Patrick. Patrick Fissel <laughs> fans who are on their way. I've written it down. I've written it down. Patrick as well. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Fissel fans um, were on their way to a game against Dundee, which was cancelled and decided to rendezvous with the Welshmen and uh, join them in the Pioneer stand, which is obviously why they look like there was a lot more Newport fans than there normally would be. <laughs> there was like a rowdy bunch of them. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah, and I did think like, this is, I'm, I've seen Newport fans before. They're not usually this dancing around in the, in the, um, Stands and stuff. So yeah, I guess that yeah. must have been the party thistle fans. Yeah, they might be all left early as well. <laughs> yeah, they're just maybe not have to get a, Maybe <laughs> maybe their train back was due or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought they I thought they were good. Like they were quite yeah. vocal for the first especially the first half. They were definitely like, you know, giving it yeah. giving it full beans in the first half. But like you said, after probably a large contingency of the so-called away support would have left quite early, probably just to get back on the motorway because they don't really care that much about Newport County. And uh yeah, obviously they got quieter in the second half, especially after Mr. Debut Man scored a goal. Let's go into the match report and talk about <laughs> Carlisle United's 2-0 victory over Newport County, which happened this Saturday at Brunton Park, as we always do here on the Blue Army Podcast. I'll start by giving you the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game. We had Thomas Hoyley in goal, the back five of Senior, Feeney, Huntington, Mellish in armour, midfield three of Moxon, Guy and Gibson. Up front was Dennis and debuting Gordon. Now, um, obviously, in Simo, we trust and he was proven right to start with Gordon and um, for the Crystal Palace man to make his debut. But were you maybe surprised that there wasn't a few more debuts? On the day, Liam, do you reckon uh, we might have seen a little bit more of one or two of the debutants? Or were you, was this the team you expected to see? To be honest, I didn't really expect the new lad to be starting at all. I thought if you were going to get one of them into the team, it would be that, um, I can't remember his name now, the Northern Ireland. The Northern Ireland. Yeah, him. I thought, I thought if any of them were going to start, it'd be him. Because Gordon had only signed, like, was it the day before? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, he really hadn't had obviously you don't know how long he's been there uh training but like um <laughs> well some of us might have more of an idea than others but uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he, he obviously hasn't had a, yeah he has he obviously hasn't had a full like week training with them like you would imagine yeah. i i thought we would maybe see Shaw silver starting um or what i what i predicted um was that it would be gibson up top with that McCalmont uh, sort of it put into the midfield yeah. role. That's what I thought was going to happen. But I'm gl I'm glad that he uh, he didn't do that. And I'm glad that they, they did start Gordon, obviously, because what a goal to start his career off at Carlisle. Yeah. yeah well, were you, were you surprised for Gordon to start the game? And, and, and if you were, would you have maybe would have expected to see Patrick? Um, yeah, I think my thought was that Patrick would probably start. Um I didn't expect him to start any of the new signings just because of how new they were. And um, so, you know, I, I wasn't entirely sure whether they'd been brought in as mainly cover or mainly to, for use as impact subs or you know, like how much they'd be challenging to start. Um, Gordon's obviously started, perhaps also partly in mind that Patrick's not fully fit yet or, you know, um, maybe isn't considered to be fully fit. So 
Um, I thought maybe Gordon had started for that reason, but it's entirely possible that Simo did start him because he saw him as someone who can make an impact, uh, which, you know, if it's the case, then he was right. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that Simo did let slip in a press conference. Like, he was down in London uh, after last weekend's game, and him and John did have a conversation. Him and Jordan did have a conversation. Um, so, obviously, that mu- must have been quite an enticing thing for uh, for Jordan to want to come up here, is the fact that, I mean, Paul's Paul's travelled all the way down there. Simo's travelled all the way down there. Yeah. The least you can do is travel all the way up here at least once and see what it's like. <laughs> um, I mean, as far as I know, he was... Uh, at the training ground on Friday uh, morning, um, as, as 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 far as I know, it was it was as late as Friday morning. Uh, Simo let slip in the press conference that he would he thought or he felt like at the time before he chose to start at eleven uh, that Patrick was going to be more useful for a twenty to thirty minute spell and. Jordan would have been better for a 60-minute spell. And, I mean, obviously, he was proven right, wasn't he, in the end? Um, And we'll go on to talk about uh, the match highlights. Lads, the first half wasn't necessarily much to write home about. Uh, There was some really nice passing from Moxon, who kept finding Gibson wide over on the right-hand side. Gibson likes to hug that line, and it really uh, sort of, like, complements the way that Moxon can spray the ball. Um, And he was was quite... uh, uh, He had it dialed in on the day and in the build-up to the goal that's exactly what happened it was very 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 late on in the second half Moxon has a bit too much time to be completely honest on the ball and the new park guys are a bit slow to close him down he has the wherewithal to ignore Callum guys uh, flailing arms in the air asking for a simple pass into the middle and as I said popped his head up and spotted Gibson over on the right-hand side, who, because of the amazing pass from Moxon, has loads of space to bring the ball down, because it's not the best touch in the world, but he does use that to his advantage to go past his man, goes to the inside, so has to hit a low left-footed cross, which is, uh, I mean, it gets a deflection off a defender's knee there, which then falls to the end of the D, a very poor sort of clearance from the defender. I don't know if it's just sort of hit him, um, on the shin and, and bounced up. But then it's even worse by the other defender who heads it behind him for some reason. And, I mean, that's that's Dennis, isn't it? That's Dennis the menace. That's the Dennis that we love. That's what he can do in the six-yard box when he brings the ball down in those areas. I mean, it's, it's clever and it's class. You know, it is class in football. Dennis is a classic striker, you know. He's yeah. just got that Rolls-Royce kind of thing about him. Um Liam, the build-up to the goal first, the passing uh, in the first half, obviously not a lot to write home about, but surely Moxon stood out for you and Gibson, the, the two of them being able to sort of link up. Yeah, Moxon especially. I think Gibson's ball in, I, I, I don't think it was all that great, obviously because they, they managed to get a clearance off it and then they managed to get ahead on it after that. It's just some of the worst, like most comical League Two defender you've ever seen in your life, where he somehow has it behind him straight into Christian Dennis. And I didn't appreciate it at the time, but that is such a difficult finish to pull off. Like just that, he he must have hit it with like sort of the, the top of his foot to sort of get it just just out left, just past the keeper, just. You know, into that far post. It's such a difficult finish to pull off. I don't know what he's done to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's it's really difficult to do that. And I, at the time, I just assumed that he'd sort of like just managed to tap it through the keeper's legs or something like that. But he doesn't do that. When you look at the replay, that's a class goal. But you, I think you're right in what you're saying with Rowan Moxon. You know, like that first arm, that that first half really, really wasn't anything to write home about. Like. It was a really dreadful half from both teams. I'd have to say as well. None of neither team really proved anything. Uh, but you know, Owen Moxon stands out obviously because he's just a, he's a class above the rest. And some of them passes, like the one to Jordan Gibson in the lead up to that goal, he's just someone else, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, there's more examples later on in the game. But obviously, Will's the the, the yeah. finish from Dennis. There is. Are we getting spoiled by this? Are we starting to expect this from Dennis now? Um. Well, I wouldn't want us to kind of like I wouldn't want us to rely on him too much, but he's he's been popping up with these really smart finishes, um, intelligent runs, just basically classic centre forward knowing where to be and when. 
um, is good at kind of like nipping on these opportunistic sort of ones where it's taken a deflection and kind of put a good finish on it as well. Um, we could do with more from other other parts of the, you know, especially of our attack. We've actually, you know, um, our second highest goal scorers have been midfielders, uh, Moxon and and Callum Guy. So it's good that Kamani Gordon has got on the score sheet right away because if he can start getting goals and Patrick as well, then we've got more threat up front. But it's not to take anything away from uh, Christian Dennis. He's been pretty consistent this season. And I think hopefully, I think he'll definitely break 20 for the season. Um, can he get 25? Be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about if we go up, him not being able to score in League One. I think he'll you know what I mean? He's, it's not no. that kind of problem for him. He's smart enough to still score at that kind of a level. Um and I think like we've already got a League One standard goal scorer if we do end up getting that push into the season, which obviously a lot of teams will maybe, you know, worry about uh, being able to keep hold of. But I think you know, we're going to be able to keep hold of Dennis if we do go up and he's going to be just as dangerous in League One as he's able to be in League Two because his game is so intelligent. You know, he thinks just that little bit more outside the box than your average defender might be able to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, seems to be able to do really well with his instincts. Um, Wills, you were yeah. in the Warwick Road end for, mm-hmm. the, for, the, for the full game, obviously. Yeah. So in the first half, you would have been able to see the battles going on between the old Carlisle United battering ram, Ozzy Zanzale. Um, How do you feel Huntington and Feeney put up with him in the first half? Um, I think that they, we had a few... A few dicey moments near the start, especially one where Holy was at fault and really they should have scored. Um, they, I think they had another decent chance, um, but then even though they were coming at us a lot throughout the first half, there, there were no further really strong chances. Uh, Huntington and Feeney were holding them back effectively, so they were taking more long shots and the shots that we were taking were usually quite tame and easily gathered by Holy. So even though it kind of felt at times like they were having the better of the game, I think we kind of kept Zanzala and the other Newport attackers fairly well under control. I think Zanzala had a game that it reminds me of the last time Zanzala was at Brunton Park when he played for Barrow. And it was a similar story for him there where he looks dangerous when he gets the ball. He's strong. He runs at people. He finds ways through. But then his final touch is just not there, or his shooting's tame and wayward. And in the end, it doesn't really feel like he's as much of a threat as he sometimes should be. Yeah. I mean, uh, Huntington obviously took that yellow card in, in the first half. Mm. So, um, do you feel like that was just Liam? Do you feel like those kind of tackles are necessary to be able to keep hold of strikers like Zanzala and having three across the back? is almost like a benefit because you can have a defender on a yellow kind of thing to take that challenge because you can then the other guys will make up for it maybe going in uh, and maybe they become the stopper. Yeah, well, I'd, obviously you'd rather he didn't get booked because it's always dangerous having someone at the back on a yellow card. But I, I'm not sure it was yellow, you know. Like, I, I, I don't think it was as bad a challenge as the ref seemed to make it out to be. Uh, but he's look. He's, he's always been a bit of a dirty player, Zanzala, hasn't he? So he's he's gonna get those sort of like, you know, he's, he's roughing up the defenders. Yeah. He's got he's gonna get a few uh, thrown back his way. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think it didn't prove to be too much of an issue. So yeah, and yeah. Newport didn't have much else of a game plan either. There was there was a lot of just a pass it to Zanzala and see if he can run at them. So, you know, once we figured that out, we could probably even double up on Zanzala because they didn't seem to be threatening us from anywhere else. Well, that was it. And that seemed to be what happened when they came out in the second half. Carlisle got better and Newport didn't get any better, really. And um, the, the game plan seemed to be quite figured out and they did seemed to match up Huntington with Zanzala for the height. But when Zanzala had it down on the floor, we started doubling up on him. Now, Carlisle's second goal came from a very nice, long, 
looping high ball from Joel Senior, which goes over the top. The defenders, the defender gets his legs mixed up just for a split second, which I think is the reason why he gets the worst of this header because he just can't get that half yard back. So the header spirals, I mean, just, just directly into the air in which Dennis becomes the menace we all know he is, brings it down fantastically, holds off a defender and finds the debutante, John Carmani, Jordan, who takes the ball fantastically, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, into the box, past the defender, left foot finish, centre of the goal, past the goalkeeper, runs into the Warwick Road and embraces his new fans. That's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The Warwick has a new hero and his name is John Carmani. Jordan. I mean, Wills, Gordon. like I've already said here, Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be me if I didn't fuck you up. It wouldn't be me if I didn't fuck you up. Uh, Wills, you were there in the Warwick. I've seen you run yes. towards... Uh, oh, I was, down the, I was down the complete other end, though. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how did, how did that look from your angle, though? It, it, it looked like every bit the great goal it was. Um, do you know, sometimes when you see a goal and you think he's held on to it too long, you think he's taken too many touches because you're like, hit it now, hit it now. But he, yeah, that Toby Shaw silver goal. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, <laughs> young lad, he took it with a lot of composure and it was really kind of like, Crafted well for him by Christian Dennis. Um, like you say, um, D Dennis the Menace pouncing on opposition mistakes, gets the ball, has a bit of strength, and lays it off for uh, Gordon, who's then through on goal, still has work to do, but he's kind of is presented with this chance that he can make something of. So um, no, it's good, and like I said before, it's good to see a new name on the score sheet, especially an attacking player. Yeah, I mean, Liam, when when you when you're behind uh, a player, like your angle probably was as Kaimani took the yeah. ball and ran towards the goal. It's just as exciting as as when the striker is running at you. <laughs> I mean, from your angle, how do you feel like the build up to the goal was? Did you we were you just begging him to pull the trigger? Or, or, or I mean, it's cool, calm and collective, really good. From I mean, is he 19, 19 year old? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just. I didn't know. I didn't have confidence when he ran forward. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really think he was going to score, but I'm so, so glad he proved me wrong. It reminded me a lot of um, Amari Patrick's first game back when we re-signed him against Bradford, yeah. where he, he, they, they sort of get the ball out in that wide area and they're running in the middle. I think Amari Patrick might have took a little bit further wide, but it's a very similar position to have received the ball in the one that Gordon did as well. And yet, I, I was just so so happy for him. Like I was, because it's. I think it's not only his first senior goal; it's his first senior appearance. You know, if yeah. he retires now, he's got a hundred percent record. So just like <laughs> touch wood. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was just chuffed a bit to see him scoring, uh, it, and as well, that will give him so much more confidence going into this season. Like to score on your debut like that he'll now see that as like that's what I do now in senior football like there's a lot of these players like I'm, I feel like I mention them every week now but Sorensen um, you know I saw somebody yeah. say a really nice quote that it was like for every Callum O'Hare there's five Sonny Hiltons and I'm just <laughs> glad he wasn't one of them yeah. Um, and he got the goal straight away I'm just happy yeah. to see another striker score and it looks like a good sign yeah, I mean, you're Cassie Byron back to Tom Lawrence scoring on his debut. It can it just sets you off to yeah to, to have a good spell with that club. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you want to see someone else getting double figures in the second half of the season, don't you? And if it's someone going from zero to ten, that's going to be fantastic. And uh, I mean, I'll I'll leave it there about scoring ten goals in a season. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh, anyway, right. he's on a goal drought. <laughs> 
yeah, it's slightly. He had a he had a pop. He had a good pop from about thirty yards. Oh yeah, he knows he can. Half, like, yeah, he knows he can have a go now. He knows he's allowed. It's even he on. He's allowed. I don't think he's five. anywhere near ten. Five. He's not doing bad. Oh, mate, if he gets if he gets two goals, he's like, oh, man, you're gonna be shitting yourself. I will be. Absolutely. I'm kind of hoping this new guy, the loan guy, um, gets a few games ahead of him just so just to sort of not. Let him get. He's uh, not, not a replacement for guys. A replacement for Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Obviously, we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to see uh, Alfie coming into the team. Um, and I mean, after the Bradford game, we've obviously got a series of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for a couple of games, and that's going into the Barrow game. There's a Rochdale game in there. I think the Harrogate or someone Hartlepool or someone's in there yeah. as well. Um, so obviously. Games we want to be winning against teams like lower in the league. So we, we want to make sure we've got a good, strong team. And hopefully Alfie's going to get some minutes and hopefully he's going to be able to contribute and uh, we're going to be able to pick up as many points as possible running into those fixtures. But talking about this fixture, I took to social media and I said, well then, how do we feel about the 2-0 win today? And what do you think about the new lads and some of the comments I got back? I mean, I got I got more comments back than I think I've ever uh, got back on social <laughs> media. So I just want to say thank you all so much for being so interactive uh, with the Facebook page this week. And if you don't follow or like or sub or rate or whatever like that, please, please give us one of those. I don't ask very often, so I'll just give you a quick ask right about now. Anyway, Simon E said, uh, I feel the board should be congratulated in appointing Paul Simpson, a genuine sensible appointment. Guy B said, uh, the first half couldn't put two passes together, but the second half was well better. There was plenty of comments like that, but... Uh, well better. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of comments like that, but uh, David Gill has a bit of a joke around with us. He says, yeah. sack the board, sack the manager, dot, dot, dot. Hang on. He's right with the first half. <laughs> Says, hang oh. on, sorry, that was meant to be for last January. He's absolutely over the moon. Simone <laughs> Greg have done a great job with the Blues. Other people also mentioning the fantastic job that uh, Simo and Greg have been doing together at Carlo United and the fact that it I mean it was the board that put them together at the end of the day uh, other comments saying up the blues and uh, it's a bit too early to really say much about the new lads I mean fair enough it is it is a bit too early to say too much about the other new lads but yeah obviously we've already mentioned about uh, Gordon Got it right that time. Uh, that... <laughs> I'm going to get that wrong a lot. Um, that hopefully uh, we're going to get to see him score a lot more goals in the future. Lads, great result. 2-0 yeah. win. It's time for us to give our Foxes feature man of the match for the 2-0 victory against Newport. Um, I'm going to go first. I was torn between the fantastic dispense defensive display Morgan Feeney put in, obviously getting the clean sheet, contributing towards the clean sheet, doing so well to deal with Zanzala throughout the game. And uh, also... Uh, it just wasn't quite enough. I had to give it to Mox. I've mentioned him already uh, during the match report. I just feel like it, it, his, his passes were absolutely on point and uh, we, we were looking dangerous in in, in very um, undangerous positions because Mox could unlock uh, people with those passes and, and pop the ball in positions to really get us into attacking positions where it didn't look like we were going to be in that attacking position yeah. two or three seconds ago. So for me, it's Owen Moxon. Uh, Liam, who are you going for? Uh, the main man at the back, Big John Mellish. I just think he's he's so good, yeah. isn't he? I absolutely love that man. I genuinely <laughs> think he is our best player. Like, yeah. as much as I love Mox and as much as I love Dennis, I think genuinely this season, John Mellish has been our best player. Like, he's probably my player of the season so far. He's just so, so good. And he, he fills me with so much confidence. Them little runs from the back. And I feel like when Paul Simpson pushed him into midfield in that game, it changed everything. Like, that's when we started playing a lot better towards the end of that first half and, you know, carrying it on into the second half. Just moving Mellish into midfield, it's a, it's a change to the system you can do without making any subs. And Paul Simpson's got an absolute, you know, bit of gold with John Mellish there. I love him. He's getting my man in the match. 
<laughs> take my wife. Take my wife. <laughs> if Liam's wife is listening, not your wife. <laughs> anyway, Will, see what you're going for, man. Um, when was the last time that all three of us picked three different man of the matches? I don't know. Sure. I mean, we had a little run of form where we were all going similar. Yeah, yeah. No, well, we're going to all have different ones this week because my man of the match is the man who created one goal, scored another one, um, especially towards the end of the first half where there hadn't been that much quality and maybe the wind played a part in that because it was blowing a hoolie, but the game had been a little bit stagnant uh, with most of the traffic coming towards us. Uh, But then uh, Christian Dennis popped up with just a bit of individual nous and skill uh, and suddenly we're going in 1-0 up and that had a massive effect on the game. Just having got that goal before half-time, then uh, party plays in the second goal, which is also down to just his awareness of what's going on around him. So I think he deserves the man of the match from me for the game. Yeah, man. I mean, there, there we go. Three very different uh, Foxes features, man of the match. But but that's what happens when a team plays. It was a great team. Performance. The official man of the match was um, Gordon. So, was, so yeah. we got Again, four different. Yeah. <laughs> four different. Four different. I mean, it's what happens when you, you know, you've had such a good game, I suppose. Very, a lot of great performances. Before we move on as well, day. sorry. Can I give an honorable mention to Callum Guy? Just like I was, I was tempted to give it to him as well. Yeah. Just ever reliable. What a player. Don't actually drop him. I was joking before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, uh, that's the end of the match report, lads. And uh, there's there's only really one thing we do at the end of it, and it's to give our predictions for next week's game. Next week's game, it's a little bit deja vu, to be honest. I don't think it was that long ago since we played Bradford, but uh, it is Bradford away uh, Saturday's game, next week's game. Uh, the manager, Hughes, is under a lot of pressure. I mean, I predicted Bradford to do quite well this season. I think I might have even said second or, or third or maybe even first or something like that. I'm pretty sure I put them around the yeah. top three. Um, they're not, you know, they, they, no, they probably won't do it now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not bottom of the league, though. Um... <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, uh, they're, very up, they're very up and down at the moment. They seem to be able to sort themselves out one week, but then fall apart the next week. And I think we're getting, hopefully, into a very nice run of fixtures. And if we can start by beating Bradford, it's going to be a very good January going into February for Carlisle United. And I would like to see us go there confidently and beat them by three goals to nil. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Wills, what are you saying? Um, not quite as confident as you. Um, I think it's a good, <laughs> I think it's a good time to be playing them. They, they do seem to kind of like they'll, they'll have a poor run and then they'll get a couple of wins um, we've, you know, we've not lo- we've not long since played them. We know the beatable. We know how to beat them. They are under a bit of pressure. They, the performances haven't been up to the fans' expectations. They didn't play well when we saw them last. So uh, obviously it's at their place. So I'm not gonna kind of go right out there and predict a three nil win. Uh, but I'm gonna say we're gonna win still. I think it'll be two one. Okay, okay, competitive and uh, the clean sheet getting broken. Go on, Liam, what have you got? Uh, I'll go somewhere in between. I think I'll go 2-0. I just, I, I don't like Bradford at the minute. I don't think they've got a very good manager, despite what half of the world seems to think. No, it seems to have kind of soured for him because even at the start of the season, the Bradford fans were excited that they had a good manager, but this season, they seem to be going off him. Yeah, as as I said, they would at the start of the season. I, I said he would be the first manager to be sacked, didn't I? <laughs> I, I wasn't quite cool. right. <laughs> I wasn't quite right, but I don't think he'll make the season. I, I reckon uh, that contract's really expensive to heave him out of. Like it will be, but like if, like, if they drift down into mid-table, I don't think the fans will leave the club much of a choice. Yeah, I mean the thing is, you kind of expect them to. To, well, I'd expect them to do something in the transfer window because of the yeah. you know 
because the resources they do have, um, they haven't done a huge amount yet. Uh, players have been leaving Bradford. Yeah, they've sent that player out on loan to Barrow, haven't they? They were all everyone was really excited about signing in the summer. Yeah, that young, it's just a bit immediately yeah. shipped off to Barrow in January. <laughs> yeah, so they've they've brought in a couple of loanies. Um, so I don't know if they're maybe kind of like still waiting to still waiting to get their wallet out, but so far at least. They haven't done much of the transfer market. No. I mean, three, three very different Foxes features, man of the matches, three very different uh, match predictions for next week. I mean, this week, sorry, this Saturday's game away against Bradford. I mean, we're obviously all hoping for a win, though, at the end of the day and for Carlisle. You're forgetting a match as well. Plus on. What's that? You're forgetting a match. We've got a match before that. Oh, not before the podcast comes out, though. Not before, no, but tomorrow, Cumbrian Derby. Oh, Carlisle v Working Reds oh. in the Cumbrian Cup. Forgetting about that news, was it? <laughs> I thought I could. I thought I could have snuck it past because the podcast isn't out till Wednesday, so I thought we might have been able to get away with that. But I Go mean, it, it, Carlisle City are out of it already. I think, aren't they? Unfortunately, unfortunately, because that was fun going down to Guildford Park. That was yeah. really fun going down to Guildford Park. And hopefully I'll get to go down there again in the very near future, especially considering it's only a stone's throw away. But yeah, are you going to that one? Are you going to go to Workington then? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a lot know. nearer for me than... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, than even Carl is, to be honest. But yeah. So are you going to report back on what you see? I will. I'll, I'll report back to camp. Some of the All younger right. lads see who's playing to the future <laughs> of Carlisle. All right, okay. Well, that's that's your report for next week, wrapped in there. <laughs> <laughs> We've sent him here, we'll send him there. <laughs> Robin reporter. <laughs> no, that'll be loads of fun. That's something to look forward to next week. And uh, I mean, lads, thank you so much for joining me here on the Blue Army podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you uh, back again once more and uh, to be honest there isn't really anything else for us all to say apart from bye for now bye for now bye for now Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.